Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Here's Miller and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome in. Miller and Condon uh, here on a Friday. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon and Ken Miller with you for the next couple of hours. A lot of ground to cover here on the uh, program this morning. BMW of Des Moines guest list. We've got the following. Bottom of the hour. Uh, Mike Palm uh, from Circle will join us at the bottom of the hour. We will uh, pick his brain on the uh, six playoff games this weekend, including a Monday night affair with the Cardinals up against the Rams. Uh, Mike Palm from Circa at 1030. Do a few minutes with Ben Gislason on the Iowa Wild. They've got a significant weekend homestand uh, tonight, tomorrow, and then they're back on Monday, uh, Martin Luther King Day. Uh, they have a, I believe it's a, it is a matinee affair, matinee affair down at Wells Fargo and an interesting addition to the roster. If you follow the NHL, uh, Eric Stahl, who's played over a thousand games, has a Stanley Cup ring to his credit. He is down here, uh, preparing, uh, for the Olympics. He has not played all year. He's out of the league, uh, but he is with the uh, NHL players, uh, bowing out of the Olympics. Uh, team scrambling to fill those rosters. Eric Stahl will be getting a tune-up here for the weekend. So Ben Gesselson will join us on on the Iowa Wild at about 10.50, 11.05. Tom Kakert, lots of ground to cover with Tom. Busy morning and evening for the Hawkeyes as uh, the Hoopsters win. Tyler Linderbaum makes it official. He is off to the NFL. And then Dave Sproul on Iowa State. They've got a big one in their own right, a real big one, uh, as Texas pays a visit tomorrow. Hilton Coliseum sold out Hilton Coliseum uh, tomorrow at uh, 1 o'clock. Uh, fun game last night. Mm-hmm. You were animated on Twitter. <laughs> picking fights on uh, on Twitter last night. It was a um, it was a fun game. You know one of my takeaways on the game? And, look, there's still a lot of empty seats. Yes, yeah. But you know, it's seemingly not as many. Right, yeah. Small it in a victory. Little bit more. Indiana versus Maryland. You know, we're kind of uh-huh. looking at those last two games. Right. And the Maryland was, at best, half full. Well, but, and it's Indiana, too. Right, yeah. I mean, you got, what, 9,000 maybe in there last night. Made a difference. And, you know, as they're making those runs, and you could see the crowd get yeah. into it. But, boy, just imagine if you had 15,000 in there as opposed it's, to 9 uh, or 10. What was it, 15,500 was, I think, is the capacity. For years, yeah. For I think it's down years. to 15,400 now or something like yeah. that. But Now I remember 15,500. Yes. Game after game after uh-huh. game. Those days are long gone. It's a different era. It is, and and you brought up a good point yesterday with the, um, you know, your vision, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, with uh, with moving the arena downtown, building a new one. We'll see if that ever happens in our lifetime. I think it has to in our lifetime. Uh, we shall see. Uh, anyways, uh, that was fun, Tyler Linderbaum. Let's start there, Trent. Okay. It, um, I don't want to say it's not a surprise because the longer that it lasted, mm-hmm. and the longer that he wrestled with the decision. 
Uh, I thought that the odds got better every day that potentially he is going to come back because he loves playing at the University of Iowa. But again, I saw him in two mock top tens yesterday. That's huge money. You you just can't say no. Right? And it almost feels like a lot like the decision that TJ Hawkinson had Mm -hmm. where he really wanted to come back for another season. And basically the coaching staff and said, you have to go. You're going to be, at the time, thought a top 20 pick. Right. And he ends up going to the top 10. Yeah, eight. And same thing here with Linderbaum. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you'd like to go through senior day ceremonies. It means a lot. He's a Solent kid. All these different things. Grew up a Hawkeye. And that was his dream. You know, a lot of, we think of dreams and a lot of people just think of the NFL. But for a lot of people, that's not right. It's what their college mm-hmm. experience is, is their dream. And he'll never get that back. No. You can go back and if he doesn't have his degree, he can go back and get it. That's not going to be a problem. But that experience, being with your teammates, being with your same brethren, when you're going back when you're you know, 30, 35 years old, whatever it might be, to get your degree, it's just a different experience. But I got kids, and it just so much is different that you lose not going through that final no question. season. It tugged at him. I don't yep. think there's any doubt about it, but ultimately, he made the right choice. He absolutely did, Trent. I mean, th- this is, ten- this is what did I see? If he goes in the top... Um, Top 10. What do the Giants have? The 6 and 8? Or they have two picks in the top 10. Yeah. And they need... There's, seemingly, he is um, connected to the Giants in all of these mocks, or most of these mocks. It's like $15 million signing bonus. Yeah. Something crazy like that. So, he's doing the right thing. He's, he's doing the right thing. It had to be a difficult decision. And boy, are they going to miss him. And boy, are we going to miss watching him play. Yes. Because he's a nasty SOP. Right. And you have to be. And that's a big part of his success is his personality. And he's a different cat, obviously, when he's off the gridiron, mm-hmm. as so many are. But boy, when he straps on that chin strap uh, and walks out of that huddle, he just, the switch flips. Looking across college football to the future, and I had this thought yesterday before the decision came out. We know he wrote a check for $30,000 mm-hmm. to the Children's Hospital, the NIL money that he got. Didn't need it, wanted to give it to the children. I mean, just a great gesture. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, no, he's going to be paid off in spades because of that. But we look to the future and a guy that has a decision like this, an Iowa guy, what's stopping come and go? Obviously, big connections to the mm-hmm. University of Iowa. Say, you know what? We're not going to give you... A six-figure check, $100,000, you know, nice. We're going to give you a million dollars. Well, the kid that transferred the, the quarterback that never played a snap at Ohio State that's right. now with Texas, he's already cashed in. Quinn Ewers. Right, Ewers. He's got a million bucks. In the um, bank. So what? I'm talking, though, on a local Localizing front. it? There's nothing stopping somebody from doing that. Do you see it happening, though? That's, well, what kind of return are you going to get from th- from that person? The goodwill. The You're Hawk- getting a lot, yeah. The okay. Hawkeye fan base says... Come and go. You are the ones that mm-hmm. kept the next Tyler Linderbaum right. around. I'm going for to go an extra season. couple of miles. Casey's is right on the corner, or Quick Star's uh, just down the street, right? Uh, but these, yeah, I mean, sure. Will sure. it ultimately pay off that quote unquote million dollars? Probably not. But I don't know. It was just a thought that was. But if you around. do it for one, don't you have to keep doing it? Well, and that's, once that person graduates, yeah. Why? Why couldn't they do it for this guy? They did it for he's him. Even better, right? <laughs> you get into that. And we really need him. He's Maybe a quarterback. You're hurting the return on investment when you're doing yeah. something like that. If you do it for one, but it's going to happen in some front. Maybe not at the links of a Tyler Linderbaum, but mm-hmm. a guy. Maybe more like a Dane Belton. Say Dane Belton was an I went to, and I think that is an important part of that. Right. You got to have that late local connection. Well, let's look three years down the line. Xavier Wampa. Yeah. And say Xavier, he's not a first-rounder at the time, needs to come back. He'll probably be third, fourth-round draft pick, something like that. 
But you know what? Some company here in Des Moines says, let's see if we can keep him around. Mm-hmm. We're going to make it a little more difficult of a decision for him to go off and play at the next level. Just something to keep in the back of the mind. So will will we see that in the state of Iowa is your, right. is your question. Yeah, I think to an extent. I don't right. know if it'll be a million. Right. And but, and that's kind of the other part. Right. But. Uh, just go on. Get uh, get your cash, and uh, and he's going to unbelievable, unbelievable career. Where does he rank? I was uh, looking forward to asking you this amongst mm-hmm. the Ferentz offensive line, and there's okay. been a bunch of them. I mean, where where do you put him? I know the latest is always the greatest, but in this case, maybe. I think it's still gallery. Gallery, yeah, it's still yeah. gallery. He is tainted the way his NFL career went. Yeah, but it's not his fault he was drafted that high. No, and it wasn't his fault that. He was played out of position. Sure, he moved to guard and look at the career that he had he was once a, he got over there. He was a pro bowler. Uh-huh. He was really good inside. He was yeah. not a left tackle. He would have been, I think, a good right tackle if they would have started there. Mm-hmm. And that's the other thing back then. You look back 20 years ago, now they put Tristan Wirth at right tackle because yeah. that's his best spot. All right, we're going to plug and play for the next decade. We're happy with that. Back then, though, if you're drafting a guy that high, he had That's to be absolutely. a left tackle. Unless you got a left-handed quarterback on the roster. Right, exactly. So did you see Brady, what he said about Wirfs yesterday? Did you see that uh-uh. video piece? Oh, my God. Just sung his praises. Like, yeah, I mean, this Tom Brady, right, is, yeah. is, is praising his right tackle and, and his work ethic and how he commands the respect of that locker room. Tristan Wirfs is going to be in this conversation. We talked about Marshall Yanda and his potential uh-huh. for being a Hall of Famer at the NFL. Yep, He was a good college player. He was never at those heights, though. He's not at the heights. Well, of, was it because he wasn't here long enough that we, I mean, only Probably a, a part of it, year? yeah. I think that's a piece. Uh-huh. But also, I mean, he was good. Yep, but not at the level. I certainly that he turned no, into. No, the as block a pro. against Rashawn Parker make maybe elevates him up in in some people's right. eyes because that's a play we remember mm-hmm. uh, in college more than any other. But when he got to the pro trench, you're 100 percent right. He is a Hall of Famer. Uh-huh. Tristan Wirfs maybe is trending that he way. Certainly is. He's two years into his career. Look at what he's doing and some of the numbers that he put out. Really outside of that Monday night game against Cleo Mack and the Bears mm-hmm. a season ago, where he right. struggled. He's been outstanding, and yep. every single time that he has been out there, I remember seeing some pro football focus numbers, just the lack of pressures that he's even given up during his career. It's uncharted territory for a guy this young that's playing at that level at the tackle spot. So you're talking about a couple of Hall of Famers, throw Linderbaum in there, Riley Reef, Brian Bulaga. Yeah. Go way back to Bulaga's career, Trent, never, I don't think, reached the heights that it would have because he's been so di- injury-prone. Yes. I mean, he's constantly same thing with Reef. Uh huh. He's hurt again. Yep. And he he had a nice career. I mean, he's yes. he's, he's made a lot of money in yes, the league. Yes, a lot of money. He can buy a lot of farmland uh-huh. in South Dakota, and right. maybe already has. Uh, Bruce Nelson, criminally underrated. Yep. As an interior guy who started a tackle at like two hundred fifty-five mm-hmm. pounds his first time out. Mm-hmm. Of course, moved inside as they built that offensive line. Steinbach's another one that had yep. a great NFL career. We can play this game for a long, long time. Linderbaum's in the conversation. I don't think when I think it was all said and done. Where he's, he's, it's hard to unseat for me, Gallery though. At as this a, point, as a sure. Hawkeye. Okay, so you're just going to stop after he leaves Iowa City, right? Okay, for that conversation, man, Linderbaum just those downfield blocking, just yes. taking guys play until the echo of the whistle. In some cases, after the echo. Uh, just driving guys into the round and seemingly getting a great deal of satisfaction at doing so. This is a center we're talking about, right? Too. You know, not the big mauler that you're used to as a tackle. And what did you see? Was it Hassel that tweeted this or retweeted this? You have to go back to 1969 until a center was taken in the top 10 of the NFL draft. Well, and that's what I asked you is because you love mock drafts and uh-huh. you look at all kinds of them. Is you see these mock drafts really for a center, but you brought up a good point. And just thinking to. 
Kansas City Chiefs. Second round, Creed Humphrey. Mm-hmm. Look what he's doing. He's an all-pro. Uh-huh. Not a pro bowler, an all-pro no pro, right. as a rookie. And now you're set for the next decade. Mm-hmm. Injuries aside, you're mm-hmm. good to go. Same thing with Linderbaum, right? I mean, he is, is he as surefire as maybe anybody that you're talking about as a first-rounder? Can you see any scenario, mm-hmm. again, short of injury, where he is not an elite-level player at the next level? I can't. I but can you say that athleticism, size? Can attitude? you say that with Aiden Hutchinson? No, in fact, I, I, I you know I love Hutchinson. Right? I, I do too. But can um, you say that there's no no, de- no. Thibodeau, great same, athlete, same. But can you say that there's no way mm-hmm. he's not going to? Well, he can kind of come up with scenarios. Yeah. With Linderbaum, that becomes more difficult. Right. And a team like the Giants that have two picks and are both apparently going to be used on offensive line. Well, let's take the safe one. There, there's no way we can screw this one uh-huh. up. Makes a lot of sense. And if you are doing that, you're using your first of your two picks because yeah. you want him to be there. Mm-hmm. He's going to get paid. He's going to be a top 10 pick at center. I'm convinced of it. That's wild. Didn't treat it is. Uh, Athlon's mock draft has him going nine to Denver. You'd sign up for that? I would. I don't think You got that... your quarterbacks. So you're good. <laughs> Keep forgetting about that. We do have our quarterback. All right, the basketball game last night. Yes. It was. You know what, Trent? Um, watching Chris Murray um, kind of... Branch out on his own, mm-hmm. get away from his brother in some respect. Dick Vitale, um, who apparently they refer to differently up the dial, <laughs> is um, is tweeting about Chris Murray this morning, not Keegan Murray. Yes, which was um, which was kind of cool to see because Dickie V and and get well soon, Dick. Mm-hmm. Um, get well soon for what for for what he's done for the game and what he does for uh, for child for children's cancer just amazing this person but the game itself uh, i know you had a problem you've always had a problem yesterday was not the first time you had this problem right. with McCaffrey, as you as you, as you uh, phrase it fouling out his own players and in particular his own his best player uh because Robracha got back in there a little bit earlier than we thought. He did. Yeah, he came in late in the first half with two fouls and played a little bit. So this is not something that is revisionist history or anything like that. Frey McCaffrey is at the top of the list in college basketball coaches that two foul participation is what they call it at Ken Pomeroy. Uh this year I was 297th in participation. Guys playing with two fouls in the first half. Last year 344th. Remember there's 355 teams. Right. They were 344. 300th the year before that. 338. On and on and on. He just doesn't do it. And he's explained it. The question has been asked. This is not, you need to have the beat writers ask the question. It's been asked. And he comes out and he says, I just don't believe in it. Mm-hmm. My problem with it is, best case scenario last night, you go from up five in the game when Keegan Because that's where they were with about, what was it, 950s, something like that. Just Around inside the midway point. Yep. Yeah. And you go from up five, mm-hmm. things are going well, playing well, he gets that foul, and then the run happens right away. Yeah. And here comes Indiana, not just Indiana, regaining the lead. They go up 12. Mm-hmm. They won the game. They came back second half, credit to Iowa. That's not what the conversation is. We're, we're not playing this revisionist history. Conan was an idiot because he said they were going to lose the game. That's not what this is about. This is about the decision and losing a game. And if they would have lost this game, it's very easy to point to that, where you have a lead the lead starts to dissipate, and instead of going back to your best player, no, we can't play him because he's got two fouls. And it's happened before. It happened a lot with Luka Garza. It just doesn't make sense. Your best player, you're trying to maximize the minutes for him. And he got 22 out of Keegan. Mm-hmm. Even if he picks up that third foul, it doesn't mean he's done for the game. I don't know if Fran thinks that he, 33 fouls, you're done. No, no, that's not the way it works. He's still got two more to play with. If that happens, I understand it. 
to a certain extent. Right away, bring him out, two fouls, yes. But when a run happens, you can bring him back in. I just want to see a little bit of wiggle room. But it's Fran McCaffrey. One thing about Fran, he doesn't wiggle. What he believes in, (laughs) it is going to go. This is not going to change. And guess what? I'm going to still complain about it. He's still going to do his thing. That's how this is all going to play out. Uh, Indeed. McCaffrey was... uh... Boys animated last night, was he not? When he picked up the tee. Did you see, was it Euliss' possession oh, inside was... two minutes when he... Euliss didn't pass the ball. He just dribbling out there down and to he was gonna make. The, he was going to take that shot. Didn't get. Didn't have any movement uh-huh. there. It was a terrible offensive set. But did you see Frank in the Spraw's chair. chair, who was up out of his chair, yes. he slapped it. I mean, hard. Like four times. Three. I counted. <laughs> three. I went back. Yeah, I went back and counted. It was three times. Um, what did Raftery say about him? I, I wrote it down in my notes. Um, Fran's up again. He's got to be careful. <laughs> yes. Fran's up again. <laughs> uh, there was another great uh, quote from Raftery last night. I got to see if I can find it in my notes, too. But. Man, I just love Raftery so much. Yeah. And Joe Davis is excellent. Good. He's very good. Get get him more games. Voice of the Los Angeles Dodgers. Yes, absolutely. He was really good last now, night. Now, they weren't there, were they? I don't think so. We I never got a shot so of them. Either. And you could see here every once in a while there were those pauses to make sure either Raft was finishing uh-huh. up or Davis was finishing up before Draft to jump in. So I don't think they were together yet. I right. think they were doing it remotely, which is always unfortunate. Yep. And you wanted to see Raftery hanging out in Iowa City. Sure, absolutely. Having about a dozen tonic and waters. Right. <laughs> vodka water, whatever he drinks. I think, yeah, after, I think it is. But after the game, yeah, no, that's, um, uh, he loves it. A couple other things. Uh, late in the game, Euless came in, defensive intensity certainly mm-hmm. improved. Toussaint had a couple of those stretches that we see from Toussaint. But until the final minute, Toussaint didn't get off the bench. I saw that. And I asked at one point, because Bohanna was struggling. He, uh-huh. he was playing Good shot. Major made shot early, and they make one more? I think he did. Maybe make one more. Yeah, had that runner. Is, uh-huh. It was the right, other shot Right, that he right, made. right. Yep. Had the three in the yep. first half and, yep. and that. And those were the only shots that he made. He wasn't playing well. And I, I just said, where's Toussaint? Because mm-hmm. Toussaint can do so many things. Yes, does he get out of control? Absolutely. But I think you can play at you times. You want to play them together. Yeah, I think right. you can do that. Not often. Not 20 minutes a game. But for a four-minute stretch in a game like that where Indiana, the pressure's starting to come, I wanted to see Tucson out there. And I was just, I was surprised. And then Euless really hit the skids, and then he finally got pulled out as he finished 0 for 4. We mentioned that bad possession. Uh-huh. had The turnover in full court when they were doing full court pressure against him, and Tucson came in. But I was just surprised. 13 straight minutes for Euless, it just seemed like a little bit much. Help me out at the end of the first half. Um, Connor McCaffrey looked like Jon Snow in the Battle of the Bastard. You don't watch Game of Thrones. No, I don't. When he was about to take on a whole army. It's a great gif. Uh, that's kind of what it reminded me of. So so it, it's that, if you didn't see it, the, the half ends, and the Indiana bench gets up. They're, they're walking toward the locker room, and all of a sudden Connor McCaffrey starts walking towards the Indiana the scores table, but that the... the the Indiana end of the scorer's table. Fair uh-huh. to say? Good yeah. description? Yep. So it was Connor McCaffrey and all the Indiana players and coaches and one official. What's going on there? Is he, Was he after, did he want to say something to an official? That's what I think it was. because, And he wasn't demonstrative. It's not like you saw on that clip that Connor is up there hollering. He's not red-faced like his dad. He's not doing anything like that. He was walking over. And as he was walking over, all of a sudden there was this big kerfuffle. It looked to me like he was going over, yeah, to the official to say something and mm-hmm. yeah, probably say something 
pretty <laughs> animated. But he, that's where he was going. But the Indiana team was crossing at the time. Yes. Shoulder bump. Somebody says something. And then, of course, it was on from there. How about, though, Agundale, who was the only other Iowa player? Right. Right away. Yeah. He was Gotta right in the middle guys. of things. Yeah. Well, if it was Connor McCaffrey, it was one on 15. <laughs> right. You weren't not going to take right. the ass for many people, and certainly not for Connor in a spot like that. I'd love to see O'Gonnell do that. And I think that's what it was. He was going to say something <laughs> okay. to the official. Not a great whistle last night on either side. That was a rough night for that yeah. officiating crew. Yeah, especially the little guy yeah. that the, the dyes his hair. <laughs> right. Right. That, that's uh, Billick. Is that who it is? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he had a tough night. He drew the wrath of McCaffrey and teed uh-huh. up McCaffrey uh, when, when Fran was teed up. But you know what? A good basketball game and such an important win for Iowa. It Trent. really was. It, yeah. it, it, it's such an important win. And here comes Minnesota in uh, winnable game. They've got a chance to put some W's together now. And now they got this one. We talked about the importance of last night. Two road trips coming up, Minnesota and Rutgers. Two teams that you're better than, but they're both road mm-hmm. games. And Rutgers is a different animal at home. You get a split. Yep. You're feeling pretty good. What's Curry's situation for Minnesota? I haven't seen anything. Because he couldn't finish the game the other right. night against Sparty. And I saw something yesterday that mentioned he was, I think, questionable. I think was maybe he? was the term that was used yesterday. I can't remember um, exactly what it was. Refresh my memory, because I'm sure he was. I watched the game. He had to be the leading scorer when he went out for oh, Minnesota yeah. in that game. Absolutely. Right? He yeah. kept them in the game and right. really gave them the shot to win that one. So, yeah, we'll see on that one, but... He was really good in that game. He's a big body, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's going to be mm-hmm. another one. That's a problem, as Trace Jackson Davis was for a long time boy, last oh night. But how about the Iowa intensity in the second half, getting to the boards, and not just boxing out, yeah, but also point. offensive good rebounds. Point. We don't see this team offensive rebounding at a high level. No. And they did that, and they got them back in the game last night. So They out-rebounded Indiana last night. Which, if you would have told me before the game, in a game that was a tight game, there's right. no way. Right. No way. They can win it, sure. But they're not out rebounding this Indiana team with Race Thompson, who's no. just an absolute bear in there, and Jackson Davis. No, they're not out rebounding, uh-uh. and they did. They and did. they did it a lot with that offensive. You know who they did team. a lot with? Chris Chris Murray. Yes. What a game he played. What a game. Are we? So what the, do we? Go ahead. Are we at the point now? Chris needs to become a starter, or do we still well, need to see a little bit more? I mean, you know who has to go to the bench if that yeah. happens. It's a coach's kid. Yeah, no, it is. Yeah, and he has he's had his moments, but uh, too far, few and far between. Mm-hmm. Or do you bring him from off the bench? Because look, he's played his best two games. The last two games have been his best two yeah. games of the year. Um, boy, oh boy, he was so good last night in in every area of the game. Every area, mm-hmm. he was blocking shots. Trent he had a couple of blocks in the basketball. I think game. he had three in the game. Did he have three? Yeah, he was all over the place, and he was doing it against big guys. Yes. Yeah, another thing, Connor. A couple games ago, it was a struggle. He just didn't play well and played more minutes than he thought he should. Mm-hmm. And we came in last week and said, "What's he?" Well, doing we played out more there? minutes yesterday because he had to. I think he had to because of the foul trouble. Of the foul trouble. Yeah. But this is a guy that was a point guard basically his whole life, uh-huh. and he has reinvented himself to a guy that has to help out playing post defense mm-hmm. and do it against some talented dudes. And he's given up size and he's given up strength and he's out there. Well, how about when he stole the ball on the inbound? Yes, take it from yeah. Oh. From, he got that one uh, with Race Thompson who just shoved him out of bounds. Right. I just got the foul and those you could little be plays. animated. And he hit the three in the first half, but he didn't overshoot. He didn't. True. There were yes. a couple other opportunities where right. he could have squeezed one off, and he did. And didn't. because he'd made one, you're thinking to yourself, all right, oh, right I got it go. going. Yeah. Now, knowing, Tonight's my night. Knowing your limitations. Uh-huh. When Connor does that, he is an important piece to this team. 
Yeah, no, no doubt about it. Fun win. Really yeah. good win for uh, for the Hawks last night. Good to see uh, that they put one in the win column. So they play Monday. I play Monday. They play Sunday. Uh, in fact, Iowa State's 1 o'clock tomorrow. Uh, Hawkeyes are 1 o'clock on Sunday. So pretty good uh, early afternoon viewing if the uh, early NFL game on Sunday gets out of hand, and there's a pretty good chance there will with the Eagles in the Bucks, who knows? Uh, Jeff's been very patient. Let's get him in here. Then we'll go to break. We'll head to Vegas after that. Catch up with Mike Palm. Uh, fire away, Jeff. Well, here's here's my thoughts from last night. I kind of watched it uh, from start to finish. Um, well, we kind of talked about Ulyss. Uh My point on Ulyss in the second half. I thought he earned his minutes. I think he had three offensive rebounds in a row right by the bucket, and then he got the foul line, made them both. He was really pushing the ball in transition. You know, I thought he earned those, whatever Trent said, 10, 12 minutes. I mean, it would have been nice to see him and, and Joe in there at the same time, but I thought Ulysses, like I said, I thought he earned his minutes. Um, you know, and, and Connor, I know I have a good friend of mine that just dislikes Connor, but you know what? Those two big steals, tip mm-hmm. steals in the first half, mm-hmm. you guys nailed it with the three-pointer, and when he took that ball out of Indiana's hands and he got kind of pushed or bumped out. He reminds me so much, and some of the listeners might not know who this is. I think you both do. He reminds me of Charles Oakley for the Knicks. <laughs> Just a bruiser. Yeah, yeah. He's going to give you everything he's tough. got. Yeah. He'll, shoot, he'll shoot the three of the mid-range, but you need a tough guy like that on every team. Every team. Absolutely. Now, yes, can, can, you, can he backtrack and not shoot so many threes? I get it. His three-point percentage, I get all of that. But what he gives you with his pass entry, what he gives you with his grit, his toughness, you need that on a team, period. Preach yeah, to the choir. Um, and how about how about Chris last night? And you guys touched on it a second ago. The guy needs to be starting. I mean, what he did with his, his post-entry, with his mid-range, with his three out-rebounding dudes, mm-hmm. um, it was fun to watch. They need a second option score. I, hopefully he's it. And, man, when you get – I think Indiana had 23 turnovers. You get 23 turnovers did at they home. they have that many? I knew they had a bunch. They, was it that many? So many unforced. Many. And, and, yeah, they had, I don't know, about 12 or 13 steals. And, you know, if they can get after it, and we all know about the corner threes, but if they can just tighten that up just a little bit, mm-hmm. just a little bit. Yeah, they had that corner three going early against the Hawks, did they yeah. not? And, it, and, it, and it's hard to watch because even my, my girls are watching it, and they look at me and they're like, does this happen every game? Did they not, <laughs> yeah. not make an adjustment? I mean, they're 16-year-old girls, and they're watching. They're Wait thinking, a second. You're not, you, you got girls that old? I didn't picture that guy. So how old are you? I, I'm 34. Okay. Um, and they're watching last night, and they it's funny. So, Varacha's got two quick timeouts, yeah. two quick fouls, yeah. and they look at me, and they're like, why is this guy, I mean, he's not working over, you know, the post. He's just sitting back, looks lazy. I mean, this is what they're saying. He looks lazy, and he's like, Dad, why Why is Why is this guy playing? <laughs> I mean, he, he, and then he sat the first half, and then they're talking about J-Bo you know, well, they are. They're talking about J-Bo shooting from Cedar Rapids last night, those two quick pulls mm-hmm, he had. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he bangs one off the backboard when he got, you know, open in transition. You know, I, I understand we're all talking about J-Bo. Well, he didn't shoot, you know, that much the last game. But then I think he gets a little bit pressured, and he wants to shoot. And now everyone's talking about, well, sh- well why is J-Bo jacking one from about 35? So it, it's uh, they just got to find a happy medium with J-Bo. But, you know, it's funny when, when girls or people that really don't watch the, the game you know, it's an honest, and it's usually a pretty on-point, you know, comparison. So I just thought that was interesting. Jeff, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. we got to get a timeout. I'll head to Vegas next. Mike Palm coming up Circus Sport right now. It's time for another $1,000 slam dunk. Text the keyword family to, no, no, don't text it. Go to kxno.com. There you go. 
It's only the first week of this. I'll yeah. get it. Uh, go to KXNO.com, and when you get there, enter the word keyword family. That's KXNO.com. Family, your chance to win $1,000. Mike Palm, Circus Sports Next, Miller & Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. Conditions apply. Now back to Miller & Condon on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Here's Ken and Trent. Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back to Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Off to Vegas, we shall go. Mike Palm joins us from Circus Sports. Hello, Mike Palm. Trent and Ken, how are you? Good morning, Trent. Good morning, Ken. Just absolutely wonderful. So excited for Super Wild Card Weekend. Indeed it is. Uh, you Growing up in the state of Iowa as you did, I'll just let you know that we are... We're going to get clobbered here. The entire state is under a major, major snow watch, so we shall see. And I'm sure you remember those days uh, all too well. You don't have to worry about that anymore. Although it snows, what, how many times? Once every five years you get a flurry or two in in, in the desert in Vegas? Yeah, you, you might be a little short there. Um, I've been here uh, 16 years, and I've seen it twice. Okay. Yeah, not very often. Uh, so let's get into these these games this week, and I think it's going to be fascinating. Look, because there's more games, you guys are going to, I would assume, do uh, more volume. But per capita, wild card games, do they normally? Because I hear from a lot of people that the divisional round is their favorite weekend of the playoffs. Um, how how do you guys see that from a business perspective? Well, uh, the the right the handle per game is going to be real close to divisional round. Um, I think the wild card has grown, especially with uh, adding the games. And now it's going to be interesting to see if the wraparound to Monday has an effect on the handle on that last game, as opposed to if you'd have had three on Saturday and three on Sunday. I hypothesize that it will help it because it's a standalone game on Monday, but others have said maybe not because there's not going to be as many people in town, obviously, on Monday. Uh, will they bet it before they leave town? We'll, we'll see what happens, but... Uh, no, it'll get it'll get bet very heavily, and of course there'll be more handled because simply there's more games this week and the next weekend. Well, it all starts, Mike, of course, with the Las Vegas Raiders on the road at Cincinnati. How often do you guys see an onslaught of that quote unquote public money, Raiders money, just because of the fan base? And got to figure maybe that's built throughout this season as this team continues to find ways to win. Yeah, the number we opened at six. Then it came down to five and a half on Wednesday, down to five yesterday. Um, five is an icy number. You can get off a of five pretty easily. Might get to. Five. I think we'll get to four and a half because we're seeing. You know, it's not to the extent that Golden Knights are out here where they're probably thirty cents off market because of the local fan base. Um, but uh, but but we're definitely going to continue to see Raiders money here. I I think the total is going to tick down too. I don't. People are paying attention to the weather in Buffalo and the weather in Tampa. Right. It's going to be cold in Cincinnati. I bet this game under 24 and a half first half when it was 49, now 48 and a half. I think this game will continue to come down, probably close 47 or 46 and a half. So if you like the under, bet it now. If you like the over, wait till kick. So what are, what are we wait, uh, expecting in Tampa for weather-wise, Mike? Rain? Well, it's, yeah, and as of yesterday, it was 80 to 90 percent chance of thunderstorms, winds 18 to 20 miles an hour, gusts up to 35. So, mm. not not bad temperature. It's going to be in the in the in the upper 60s. But if, I mean, if it's a deluge, and we've seen those games in Tampa with deluge, it, it could definitely uh, impact the game. Maybe in the uh, maybe to me, 
in uh, in Tampa's favor because, look, the Eagles want to run the ball. Tampa doesn't let anybody run the ball. I think this is a horrible matchup for, for the Eagles. I think this is the worst team they could possibly play to have somebody that has that kind of a run defense. If you believe Jalen Hurts can drop back 45 times and, and, and cover eight and a half, then good for you. I'm not one of those. Uh, you were speculating on Monday, so so let me go down this path with you. Uh, San Francisco-Dallas, I mean, such a helmet game, right? To just two, two, two teams that we've seen so many times over the years. Uh, Sunday night football, though, it's, it's also it's the Chiefs and it's the Steelers, and I would assume on a normal weekend that that game would have done more, uh, more uh, business than any of them. But because it's Cowboys and Niners, might that be the most bet weekend and the number's so tight? Might that mo- be the most bet game of the weekend. Niners Cowboys is going to be the most bet game and I'll bet it's 20% higher than the, the second highest nice. bet game. I, uh, look, this, this game is shaping up to me from a betting perspective, a lot like Alabama, Georgia on Monday night. I haven't seen a person yet. I haven't seen a person yet that, that doesn't like the 49ers here. I think wow. the 40, you know, Dallas is a public team. But I think in this spot, the 49ers section three is a very public play, and I think the professionals are going to come in on Dallas here in the next in the next 48 hours and hammer Dallas. That's just my feeling, but it's sort of to me shaping up. You know, the is the the, the square dog uh, like Alabama was the square dog on Monday. The Niners are on uh, Sunday afternoon. Saturday night, uh, we got a line move here as it's been stayed pretty consistent for four and a half throughout the week with New England at Buffalo. See, today at Circa, you guys are now currently Bills minus five. Is it a big bet? Is there a multitude of bets coming in? What moved that line? Buffalo now lay in the five. We took, uh, we took several um, mid-five-figure bets on this game, um, and we're not really seeing that much Patriots money. I think the Patriots are going to be in teasers. I think people are going to tease the Patriots up over 10. They're going to think Belichick's going to play this game you know, pretty conservatively with a rookie quarterback and try to keep it close. With bad weather in Buffalo the first time, we, we know what happened. They only threw three passes, and they were able to run the ball. It's such a dichotomy. The second game in Foxborough, there were no punts. Combined, they went for fourth down 10 times. They played so aggressively. Will they continue these coaches to be this aggressive in a playoff format? I, I don't know. Um, We'll see if we get any buyback at five on the uh, on the Patriots. With, with all of the NFL games, the wild card games, uh, six of them this weekend, including including Monday night. What kind of business will you see, like a normal Saturday of college basketball or, or the NBA on Saturday night? You do it. You do a brisk business, but will the, with with the NFL? Does it bring more people who are looking to spend more money and bet other games, or what? What do the books typically see on a night like that that has the you know the spotlight on the NFL uh, and seemingly the undercard? the other sports yeah it'll help the hand i bet it'll help the handle on college basketball a lot tomorrow we're sold out on sunday there's no seating at all available in the book on sunday um there's still a couple seats now we're selling the side seats as well right those stadium seats uh-huh. uh, and they're sold out on sunday as well there's some available on saturday i think only one booth available on saturday so i mean it's, it's pretty amazing yeah, that's absolutely great and great to see. And for people that are heading to Vegas here soon, you have to experience Circa. For sure. It is incredible in the sports book that they have. Mike, uh, as we continue through these games, I got a question for you. We're squares. We're not pro betters by any means. And we like to play teasers or money line parlays. What, what do you prefer 
on those. I know during the uh, the Megapod that you do every week, you guys do your two-team teaser every week. What do you prefer, a teaser or just going with a money line parlay? You know, I like to do the teaser, but you got to look at it. I mean, it, it's different. I mean, if you have a team that's, you know, that you like that's five and a half or six, you're probably going to try to create a money line parlay instead of a teaser. You don't want to tease through the zero. Right. Um, but, but then again, you know, how do you attack the cheesecake? Do you really want to lay 750 mm. if you like the cheese? No. But some, some will tell you don't tease down. You know, who cares when you cross the 10? The 10, it doesn't really matter. You know, you got to cross the three and the seven, but I don't believe that. I, I, you know, I, I will have the Chiefs and Teasers tickets for me this week, and I don't think it just has to be that, you know, one and a half to seven and a half, seven and a half to one and a half to play a teaser. Uh, Mike Palm, Circus Sports Circa in the state of Iowa. Mike, is today the day you're going to make a whole bunch of millionaires or give, uh, give out some million dollar checks? Are your winners coming in from Survivor and the handicapping contest? Yeah, we make uh, six new people millionaires tonight. Unbelievable. At the 6.30 Pacific Ballroom at the D. Um, we're going to have these. It's amazing how many folks are coming. I just spoke to Jeff Benson last night. Um, I think we have all five survivors are going to be there, and six of the top ten in the Circa Millions three. So, And then a couple of the people that won in the fourth quarter and a couple guys that finished in the top 20 that are going to be there that said, hey, can we come to the cocktail party too? And we said, sure. We moved it. We actually had it in a room for about 50, and we said, no, there's going to be more than 50 between media, between the people who won, the people who won and the friends and family they're bringing, and our staff. So we moved it to the ballroom at the D where we can accommodate, you know, obviously many more people. So we're excited to do that, and I'm, I'll get to interview them and kind of ask about their strategy, what were the close calls um, during the year and how, and how they wrapped up. But, I mean, they're all amazing stories. Well, Trent and I are scoping out a uh, of, of- event centers, if you will, yeah. uh, rooms to uh, to do that next year where our State of Iowa <laughs> contest, as long as we get as many customers as needed. Circus Sports in the State of Iowa. You can download the app at the App Store. Mike Palm, Circus Sports, thank you. Have fun tonight. Sounds like you guys will have a very busy weekend at Circa in Las Vegas and hopefully on the app as well. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, guys. Talk to you next week. Yep, talk to you next Friday. Good to talk to you. Mike Palm uh, from Circa. We'll get a timeout. Uh, head downtown, Wells Fargo Arena. Uh, there is an NHL player with a whole lot of pedigree in town tonight. Yeah, Stanley that's a cool Cup. story. It is a cool story. Eric Stahl has uh, been given a uh, professional tryout. You don't often go to the AHL at the end when you've played a 1,000 games like that and have a cup, unless you're really trying to hang on. He's trying to get in shape and make the Canadian Olympic team. Go, Eric Stahl, go. Uh, he'll be here. Uh, the Wilder in town tonight, tomorrow, and then Monday afternoon for a matinee affair. So just real quick. Yeah. The KXNO slate Monday. Yes. Morning Rush, they never take a day off. No, absolutely not. So they'll be here. Yep. We are going to be here. Well, we won't be here. Oh, we're, we're going to be at right, right, we're right. We're going to be at the, the chicken coop. So next Monday, eh, maybe you're taking a half day off or just looking for a great lunch. We'll be in Urbandale. Coop. We'll be at the Urbandale location. It's on Meredith. Uh, new exit also for Meredith. You're going to yeah. like that, making your way from Ankeny. Yeah, yeah. That's very good. So pop on over there. We'll be there, of course, doing our show 10 to noon. Doors open at 11 o'clock. But come in, stop by for lunch or uh, taking the day off and getting ready for the first ever 
Monday Night Football playoff about game. That? Well, one of the reasons we're working is because we had to, Mr. Monday Night. We just can't. We had to give him one more opportunity. But no afternoon programming, right? Right, because of the wild. Because game. of the wild, yep. Murph and Andy are off, and the Fanatics will be off on Monday. So locally here on Monday, uh, just the morning shows, uh, the Morning Rush and Miller and Condon. It's ten forty-five. Ben Gislason from the Wild next. They got a busy weekend down there. Military night tonight. Eric Stall in town, uh, and games tonight, tomorrow, and. On Monday afternoon, it's Des Moines Sports Station, 106.com. Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back to Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Coming up in the second hour of the program, Tom Cakert on Iowa, Dave Sproul on Iowa State. Give you an opportunity to win barbecue from Claxon's. And uh, our picks before we get out of here at noon. Let's head to Wells Fargo Arena, shall we? Pretty big weekend in store down at the well. Uh, the Wild with a three-game set this weekend, tonight, tomorrow, and then a matinee on Monday. Ben Gislason join us, joins us. And uh, part of that roster here this weekend, Eric Stahl, who's played just shy of 1,300 games in the NHL. That is quite a feat. A Stanley Cup winner, won Olympic gold in 2010 in Vancouver. Uh, boy, oh boy, that's a hell of a resume, uh, Ben Gislason. How are you? Uh, I'm great, Kenny. Great to be on at the air this morning and to talk some hockey on uh, a great day for hockey with the, the, the forecast and so much snow coming down. We hope that maybe it'll linger a little bit so we can get some fans out here tonight. But excited to have a couple of games this weekend against the Chicago Wolves. And certainly, like you said, excited to have uh, a man with a rap sheet like mm-hmm. Eric Stahl uh, in, the, in the lineup for us, and especially for a team that's missed some centers this year. Yep. We've had some call-ups and some injuries that have left us void of a lot of center icemen. And, I mean, he is arguably one of the best center icemen to play in the last 15, 20 years of hockey. So to have him around even at an older age is pretty special. No, no doubt about it. So what's his plan? Will he play in all three games? How long will he uh, wear the uh, Iowa Wild uh, sweater before he, I guess, heads to Canadian Olympic training camp, which apparently is the plan? Yeah, I, I think he is going to be here through all of our home games, which we've got four over the next seven days. So a, a tough stretch of games here for this Wild Club. And he'll obviously be a friendly face to, to put into the lineup for us in that stretch. So we've got tomorrow night, uh, tonight, and then Monday and Wednesday with one of those games being a rescheduled game due to a postponement against the Manitoba Moose back before the holiday break. So uh, he'll be here, I believe, for all those games. And I don't know right now if his plan to come to Colorado with us would be intact or not, which we fly out at the end of next week uh, to head to play the Eagles. But we should have a good dosage of Eric here for the next four games. So we've gone through this last what, month plus now with a lot of changes, of course, Olympics are now off the table. Has that impacted you guys with the Iowa Wild as it pertains to scheduling and looking forward as they put more games in there? Got to figure there's probably going to be some more call-ups that come along with it. How impactful has this last month been to you guys with the Iowa Wild? Uh, The gravity of it has been just huge. Mm -hmm. Um, When you look at at the course of a season and you're you're an affiliate team, you obviously understand that you're going to lose key players. Um, and, and even in the course of a normal season before COVID changed the world forever, um, that was the case. But now when you look at what has transpired, especially up in Minnesota, I think it was last week they had a game where they were missing 10 or 11 of their regular players, half due to COVID, half due to injury. And so normally you're looking at the season going like, well, hey, you know, five players is a lot because – mainly injury at the time, and, and now all of a sudden you tack on, if you usually double that call-up number, 
if COVID's rearing its head like it has over the last month and a half, two months here, all of a sudden things look pretty staggering for your lineup. And you talk to Tim Army about it, our head coach, and, and he is, is such a positive guy. And he's right. They're, they're not making excuses for it, but it's impossible to look at the last stretch of games for this Iowa Wild team and think that things would have looked a lot different if we had Connor Dewar, who is definitely our top center. If we had Kalen Addison, who's our top offensive defenseman, we haven't seen these guys for a long time. And yes, under normal circumstances, they would have probably been up and down from Minnesota quite a bit, but they wouldn't have made probably the sustained stays that we've seen them make in, the, in Minnesota, which is, is great, obviously, for these players. And that is the end goal. Um, but when you count on that to begin the season, when you have an idea of what you think things are going to look like, and then all of a sudden things change on a dime like they have so often for us recently. Um, it, it really tests your depth, and it, and it tests your metal, and it tests your ECHL affiliate. And we've seen a lot of uh, call-ups from our ECHL team in Coralville this season, too. And um, we're still in good shape. We're still right around 500 and, and knocking on the door of third place in the Central Division. So that's the good news. But we need to get some horses back in the stable here sooner than later, try to put some wins back in the win column. Uh, you've been very active in the community, too. The organization has. They what? Did you, I saw you cutting the ribbon at a couple more of those outdoor rinks. How many do you have now, and where are the latest? Where have the latest uh, couple been opened? Yeah, it's just a, a fantastic initiative with Wells Fargo, uh, who, who works in conjunction with us on those community rinks. Uh, we were in... Newton, Iowa yesterday, and then Altoona, Iowa yesterday, uh, putting up those community rinks. And it's something that is just so near and dear to the organization. And it's something that when I've spoken with, whether it's Todd Fredrickson, the president or vice president of business operations, Allie Brown, saying, why why has this team stuck? Why didn't the Iowa Stars stick? Why didn't the Iowa Chops stick? Is there one reason? Because there's a bevy of reasons of why, but if, is there one main reason? And they both say it's the, it's the community involvement, and that's been a key piece for the Iowa Wild since its inception. And, and the community rinks portion of that uh, community outreach, I think that's the shining example of it. It's getting kids onto the ice, getting parents and adults onto the ice, and giving people a sense of community and a place to gather. And in today's world, especially doing it outdoors, which you know is deemed much safer than gathering indoors, is, is a great thing, especially with the winter months ahead here now that we have people to be able to get outside, to be active, to be in community, and to have some fun and to grow the game. That's what it's all about. No no question about that. So 6 o'clock tonight and tomorrow? Yes, correct. Early, early goings, which for a broadcaster who usually burns the midnight oil <laughs> yeah. post-game getting ready for the next game, it'll be nice that I can maybe get home before midnight tonight. Indeed. I see $2 beer night, uh, 100.3 the bus involved, of course, military appreciation night, and an afternoon affair with Milwaukee. The puck drops at 2 o'clock. There's an NHLer in town with the Stanley Cup uh, ring and a gold medal around his neck, although we probably left those at home. Uh, but nonetheless, he will be here with just shy of 1,300 games in the NHL. Eric Stahl be a good addition to the team. Of course, played with the uh, big club for what, five years, I want to say, part of his long, long, long career. Uh, ben Gislason, have fun this weekend. Thank you, Ben. You're a treat, Kenny. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me, guys. Yep, good to talk to you. Thank you, Ben. Ben Gislason, as we talk a little Iowa wild hockey. It uh, you got to build those outdoor rinks. It's great that they are. Yeah. It really is. Good for them. Good for them. All over the place. Yep. Love seeing the ice. I know you love it. I do. And uh, where was I driving just the other day? I saw a rink got it kind of... Did was, you? Yeah, up in Urbandale. Nice. I think it was uh, maybe a tennis court. Yeah. Had it frozen up. All right. Couple guys out there with their sticks. Yeah, you can't beat it. Uh, Tom Kaker kicks off hour number two. Miller and Conda, Dave Sproul, and the Clones as well. It's 106.3 KXNO.